What's up, everybody? This is Calvin Buchanan. And this is Cornell Beard of Underrepresented, the podcast about design and culture. And we have two special guests today. And we're going to start over here with Precious. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I mean, you already <laughs> said who I am. So I'm Precious. Um, am I saying all the things I do and all the all the creative things okay so um sure so i'm self-taught and professionally trained i've been designing since i was 11 i started professionally designing around 21 or 22 i don't know how old i am now 27 um (laughs) and um so i do that and i now work for myself i've been completely i went from being freelance part-time to full-time now uh so king p studio is one of my businesses and then uh, I decided to start another business because I just recognized that especially black women be scared to start businesses. So I decided to inspire black women to start businesses. So that is under a platform called Art in Many Forms, um, dedicated to all the homegirls who want to start a business. That is quite the intro. I love it. And next up we have... Marianne or Marianne. Marianne Garane. That is my full name, if you can pronounce it. But uh, yeah... I am 26, I'm from South Minneapolis, and I'm a uh, design strategist at Cole McVoy, but then on the side for the past six, seven years, I've been doing um, video content. Um, I've just kind of been a little bit slow at it, took a little pause the last three years, um, not just to complete undergrad, but just to also get an understanding of like what I want to do what are my hustles? You know, all that growing pains that people do in their early 20s. Yeah. Uh, so now that I'm approaching mid-20s, um, I'm starting to come back up into doing uh, digital consulting. Um, I have not. I am one of those black women that's afraid of establishing mm-hmm. my own uh, business. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to think and carry myself as a brand. Um, I just think that I'm really appreciative for this type of conversation we're having today about uh, how black, how to support black women in creative spaces because it is, it has been a journey. But um, I do uh, digital consulting, I do design strategy, and I'm also a video content creator slash comedian. So that is what I do. Yeah, dope, <laughs> dope intro. Yeah, so as um, as you alluded to, today's episode is um, not only as us as black men, but we as a society. How can we help support? elevate and promote black women in creative spaces so this conversation today will be all about that and learning about your experiences um throughout your lifetime especially in the last few months here in minneapolis minnesota mm-hmm. and uh what are our expectations going forward for people you know that sounds good but oh do you want to yeah let's dive into pressure you said you've been designing since you were 11 but before we dive into that <laughs> i have to ask the question hey. oh okay yeah, always, yeah, yeah. every episode yes. what are we listening to we got you know what's the on the playlist this week is the audiobooks is it you know jeezy again is it you know lionel Ooh, richie what you feeling calvin um i'm listening to that new burner boy um Ooh. i've been giving that a playthrough over and over again so that's been most of what i've been vibing on this week uh how about you I've been actually in the old Drake archives lately. Um, mm. Back in that uh, Take Take Care album. That's okay. been uh, my little vibe the past few days. So. You going through something? You need some tea? Hey, precious. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just playing. I just, you know, it's a, it's a vibe, sure. So. But what How about, about you, Precious? Um, okay, so I, 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 I've been listening to all music as I normally do, but I got like a constant four songs, especially when I'm running. Yeah. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Future March Madness. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, okay. that's been a song. Yeah. <laughs> um, Johnny Gill. Um, okay. There you go. 
that's like okay. throwback. Okay. Yeah. I, I know, okay? It's, that's quite the so Johnny Gill, it's, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. This is um, quite the run. Then then we throw in a little gospel. Jessica okay. Reedy, um, yeah. better. Uh, and the last thing I've really been listening to, like, constantly, I want to say Meg... I, I actually really do want to yeah. say Meg. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, all of Meg. Okay. Ex- especially, um, can I curse? No, go ahead. Hey, Weak you? ass bitch. That's okay. been <laughs> my mood yeah, lately. Up. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, nice I'm vibing next. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. I'm vibing with it. Um, I want to first start off by saying that it's been a little bit of, like, a big mix but um the last couple of weeks i've been hooked on the lion king uh, okay, beyonce the, the yeah. gift album okay uh water being my favorite song um just because something about the water i've always been attracted to being by a body of water yeah um like the ocean and i just love the lion king project that she did and it just makes me feel like like oh man 2020 was supposed to be my year that i would go to yeah. africa for the first time yeah but mm. you know i got hope i still got hope because beyonce brought it to my screen yeah. <laughs> um i've been listening to a mix of eric bellinger i think he's also a very creative um artist he's not just a songwriter but his projects have been dope back to back and it yeah. just gives me the vibes um and my one of my favorite r&b artists too another one a little throwback but also still modern relevant is neo okay so i've been kind of going back to the archives if you know you got a song in particular from neo that's like in the <sighs> mind right now Man. oh his new song no nah, just in general like what oh you yeah to? I'm, I'm with him yeah. um okay his old song it's so hard the whole entire um neo's album uh i think well the song is called stay okay that i like and I don't know if we can we can't probably play it here. Nah, it's all good. But in my own words, that whole album that he first had, it's just amazing in two thousand six. But his new song, um, You Two You Two Love or How to Love, something like that. I forgot what Jeremiah. Yeah. It's really good. I'll check it out. I haven't listened to Neo in a minute. I don't want nobody. Okay, else. Hey, sing okay, it. Okay, yeah. sing it. Yeah. Okay, video yeah. content creator and the singer, okay. Mm-hmm. We got it. But no, I like what y'all mentioned. I know you you mentioned uh, Beyonce and her new project, and you mentioned Meg, which are also two great businesswomen right now, like really yes. crushing everything. Yeah, getting it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Beyonce especially. I, I feel like she. I mean, Meg is signed to Beyonce, so yep. there's oh, that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know <laughs> that. I didn't know that either. She signed her Rock Nation. Uh-huh. Okay. That's lit. Yeah. So yep. right, Keep it in the family. Keep all the money together. We love to see it. <clears throat> so, yes, yeah, so sorry for interrupting your question, Calvin. It's back to you. Yeah, so I'm going to get to uh, a little bit of precious history. She said she's been designing since she's 11. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about that. Um, so once upon a time, uh, I just, I don't know, at the beginning of middle school for me, which was what, uh, 2004, um, yeah, that was a different time period. And I just wasn't one of those kids. I didn't care to be outside. I used to be very much like on my bike every day outside, hanging with everybody. Um, I have so many scars and bruises from you know, bike accidents, um, that I'm still proud of today. (laughs) And so, um, that summer in particular, I still remember it because my mother's brother had just built a computer for us and he sent it to make sure that it works. Um, and it was a windows 98 computer, whatever. Um, 
And so I ended up using it and I ended up, this is also during the MySpace days. Okay. Where you okay. could do your own thing. Yeah, your background. Okay. okay. <laughs> you was, we, and sparkles. Oh my, and you got to have a music playing with your top eight. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, so like all those things was really important. And I actually still have some of that work, which is also really amazing Ooh. to me. Yeah. Um, and so I used to use Coral Paint Shop Pro. Yeah. On my windows. Nice. <laughs> okay. I used to be coding HTML by hand in text edit. Okay. Um, because I had got to the point where I actually on MySpace, I my very first website ever was called In a Flesh. Um, and I also had another website called Afterburn. Okay. And Afterburn was actually inspired by Zane. Um, why was we reading those books at that age? <laughs> oh, you were reading that Zane. <laughs> I was reading Zane, okay? okay uh, my very first book, <laughs> my very first book I ever read was uh, Brooklyn Massacre by Nikki Grimes, uh, which, yeah, that book was amazing. But then, like, nothing could hold my attention. Except so, for that Zane. <laughs> so somebody gave me Afterburn, and I was like, say less. And I read that whole book in a yeah. week, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yes, actually. So after that, it, I don't know why, but and even still today, like if I cannot read, I'll pick up an erotica and I read the whole erotica and then I'm ready to read whatever else you put in front of me. Yeah. Okay. Like, so yeah. <laughs> um, but then I, I kept designing for a very long time. It wasn't until I got to high school and I met my, uh, one of my like computer teachers, Susan Wolf, who's still actually a teacher at South, um, at South High. She was teaching graphic design and um I know Miss Wolf. I love Miss Wolf. And she was like, Precious design is a real thing because when I got to her class, mm. by the time I got to her class I had an entire portfolio. And so she was just like, You are talented and you've been doing this and I was like, Yeah, like what? Also, by 16, I was working for, I won't say the name of the club or the people, but I was working for a 21 plus club okay. doing their club flyers. And they didn't have a real way to pay me. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is like my real life story. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they didn't have a real way to pay me. So they would give me $60 and they would let me come into the club. Ooh. Why? I don't know. But I was living my life. Yeah. So I would go to school. I would come home i would design some flyers i would give it to them the weekend would come i would go to the club it would be me and my people and oh, like you and your people's coming <laughs> yes because you know what ended up happening they was like okay we need to like utilize these young ass girls yeah. um so that's like around the time when a lot of club promoters downtown minneapolis really felt like and mind you, this club promoter I'm talking about is not a man. It was a woman. It was a grown woman. And mm -hmm. so she was like, you know, we should make a street team. So we had a street team. And that was cool. Um, yeah, man. And then she was the first person who had told me about back then. MCAT had a program called SES. It was for uh, high school students. You could apply to go to MCAT in the summer, which I think they still have. You would get like two college credits for being there. And you would be there for about eight weeks and you would work on a design project for someone or whatever. Um, and then after it was, you would just get the experience. So I had applied for it the year that she recommended me to. Um, and the current director at the time of over who was overseeing that project, like 
personally called my mother and told my mother I had got a full scholarship to attend. Oh, okay. Because he was just like, her work is amazing. Like, who? That's dope. Who's doing her work for her? And my mom was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, The hardest part for me, honestly, was actually adjusting to Photoshop. I hated it so much. After oh working in Coral, Coral Drama. <laughs> I hate it. Even though yeah. the thing about it, like Coral was, they were so much the same, but there was things I just didn't understand yet. So whatever. Um, went to MCTC because I could through the Power View program and got my associates in web design. By the end of it, I hated fucking PHP. And um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Um, my other favorite professor, uh, uh, Bill, can't think of his last name at the time, at the moment, but Bill was like, you should go to MCAD. So, a week after registration closed, I applied to MCAD and then I got it and then I got a scholarship and then I went to MCAD. Also, well, I had it. I'm always regretful, but not regretful because I had also applied to FIT and Otis which are also art schools. Otis is in LA, FIT is in New York. Yeah. And I had also got into those. With scholarships as well or with with FIT no scholarships, Otis a scholarship, but because I already have my associates, I wanted to be a sophomore coming yeah. in and Otis was like, "Yeah, no, we're going to start you as a the second beginning. semester yeah. freshman." And I was like, yeah, oh, always forward, never backwards. They yeah. love doing they, that. They, they, like, oh, these credits, we can't take all these yeah. credits. <laughs> <laughs> we can't take all these credits. Yeah. MCAT tried the same thing, but I'm a strong advocate for myself, so I like went to the chair of the design department and was like, "So here's why you should take more credits." Okay. Which worked in my favor yeah. later in my life. So yeah, and I've been the woman of color ever since. That's a dope little background. I appreciate yeah, that. it is. Most yeah. definitely. <clears throat> Um, can you talk about, I guess, some of that early design work with MySpace? Was anyone kind of help guiding you with that? Or were you kind of just picking this up to kind of Yeah, because YouTube wasn't a thing then. Right. It wasn't <laughs> YouTube like a tutorial wasn't a base. Thing. <laughs> you know, the thing about it back, even back then, is that um, social media back then was small. Because this is also during AIM. Yeah. Right? Black Planet days, too. You know, all of that. <laughs> yeah. All of that. And so... The thing I think that was the most scariest back then was the person you're talking to probably isn't the person you're talking right. to. Yeah, Catherine. But yeah. the design, like the design world, because I remember there was this dude, I've never met none of these people. There was this one guy. We literally had a group of us on Facebook. So there was this one dude who went by the name of Tweezy and like dude was so cold. He could cut anything out of anything and you would never know. Like, he was one of the originators in my mind of like being able to cut a, you know, the pictures with women and their hair flying mm, and yep. someone asks you to cut them out so you can stick them on an ad. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We all know how hard that is. Yeah. That I was try to do it. Yeah. My <laughs> man, he could do it. And every strand of hair would be there. Like it was just amazing. Um, I think later he actually went to work for officialpsds.com. So this is like throwback because this is how long I've really been designing. Yeah. Um, and so there was another woman by the name of Brie who lived in Vegas. Brie was really popular for doing layout designs. Um, there was another woman who I actually, there's two other women who I actually still talk to. Um, one lives in Brooklyn 
and she actually worked for you know those websites you would go to get the stickers of glitter yeah. and all that yeah, yeah. so she used to make those oh and you she go and like, copy and paste the little code yeah she and professionally used to make those for that company and that was her full-time gig yeah um and she was like, because it was brand new, they was paying her out of the wazoo. So she was living comfortable in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Making then stickers from MySpace. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last woman uh, who I also still talk to, who now also lives in Vegas. I've talked to her for so long. Her name is Lily. Uh, Lily just was a coder. Lily could code anything. Because um, what we all used to do was take actual WordPress websites apart. And put them back together. Okay. Like, that's how we taught ourselves PHP yeah, and code. Right. It really fucked me up when I got to college. Yeah. And my professor was like, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really hate... I mean, granted, too, this was his first time teaching. And he uh, came straight from Microsoft. So, mm. the way he coded was, like, the way you're supposed to. Right, yeah. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting time, and it was just that group of people. My first website. There was another woman in Baltimore who really loved what I was doing. Who also yeah. had she had a website called Be More Original. Okay. These are all grown people, by the way. That's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you in this mix? These are, like this 11. is like, I don't know. I feel like it's like the dark And mind you, days. no one, everyone, because it wasn't like I lied on Facebook. Right. I yeah. told my age. <laughs> it was, you know, or by the time I got to MySpace, I was, okay, maybe 13, so two years Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's all different. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. <laughs> um, but the other woman, there was another woman, I forget her name, and she was in Baltimore. And she was actually going to school for neurology. Um, she had her website be more original and she, my first website, um, either after burn or in a flash, one of the two, she paid for the whole two years for it to exist. Cause I was a kid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so like and my website was like, I just offered you all of the resources, textures that I would make, um, patterns I would make, uh, different web layouts, different all different type of resources for your Facebook or your MySpace or your personal website. Yeah. Which is, by the way, why I hated Facebook by the time I switched to it because yeah. I was like, I can't customize. Yeah. Everything oh, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it white is. and blue everywhere. Yeah. It's dope to hear your background though to like see where you're at today because I met you, oh, it was like three years ago now at Design Camp. I no, think that was honey, the- you met me a long time ago. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I could was three years ago at design camp then. Uh, you wind it in. <laughs> when you, I met you for the first time. The then? first time I met you, it was 2014 um, at Portfolio One on One. Nah. Because you had, because it was also when you had. You're, you're, you're right, but it wasn't 2014 because I was still in the first army of all, in 2014. I, I had, I, I was finishing MCTC. Cause I think I think you're right, but I think it was not 2014. I think yeah. my first year at Portfolio 101 was 2016. Was it? Yeah, because I was still in North Carolina. Oh wait, you might be right actually, because I went so but 2014. I, I went right after grad or getting ready to graduate from MCTC, and then 2016 I went again um, while I was at MCAT. Yeah. And because your school and a few other people's schools had came down. Yeah, well, we came from Concordia. Yeah. So I, I think I, I know you're right. We, I met you that time first, and then I bumped into you again I don't know the why very I next year down, at, um, yeah. at Design Camp. Yeah, 
But I remember, because I remember you still had your dreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, we were just talking about <laughs> that. Being locked yeah, up. Dreads? Yeah, dreads? <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, he trying to figure out his way. Because I'm like, all these white people see this black boy trying to figure out his way. Because I don't know what yeah. you was... You were trying to figure out where, like, the workshops and things. Yeah, I was I was stuck. I was new to the design. <laughs> and I'm like, they just going to let him wander. Mm-hmm. And, um... But yeah, it's dope to like see where you are now, you know, and to hear more of that backstory about like how you actually got to this place. Because I think sometimes we forget that it takes grind, it takes struggle, it takes all that groundwork of being up late as hell at night, mm-hmm. making MySpace <laughs> backdrops and talking to people in New York right, and LA and neurologists and reading books. And <laughs> yep. here you are today, just like somewhat like polished product that you all are in this, this universe, you know? Yeah, I still use all those things. I still... I still, Calvin, to your point, I still connect like crazy. Um, I think it it helps me now as a creative and as a person who's always networking um, because I'm never not talking. Okay. I'm never not introducing myself um, and I'm never not like being like, hey, we should stay connected and genuinely meaning it. Right. Because I like to foster those relationships and let them grow. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, Marianne, you said you knew Mrs. Wolf also. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how this person affected you then? Or did just a, just a knowing at a mm-hmm. very high level kind of idea then? Well, she was a very interesting teacher. I, I liked her uh, spirit. Um, she was like <laughs> one of those teachers like that was very digital savvy in okay. a way because my... What this was around the time like 2011 for me. I think I was in her, forgot what class it was. It's been a minute, South High. It's <laughs> been a minute. I think it was a photography class. But all I know is that she would teach us like how to connect like our photos to our Google Drive, and then she taught us about the Google homepage and how to utilize that. Sorry, Miss Wolf, it's kind of being discontinued <laughs> now. <laughs> Google homepage is nowhere. They just yeah, announced it's that it's gonna be gone. But um, other than that, though, um, uh, yeah, I think I don't even know how to explain my journey. I would just say that I was a very interesting and curious uh, person. Um, I was I like have different seasons. So like okay. going back to like when I as I was hearing your story, Precious, and you said you're 27. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be turned 26 and I feel like. Because of, like, maybe my circumstances growing up, not having internet until I was 18, I, like, I had to find different ways to get connected with the world yeah. that was outside of my home. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, 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 like, resonate with a lot of things you're saying, and I kind of envy it, too, because I remember how I would go over to my friend's house, and I swear, I would, like asked to go over there and sleep over to hang out with them but it was really to use the internet and their computer and look at what myspace is about i came into myspace maybe a year or two two years a year before it died i was into the wave of i i I really started my social media journey like when facebook began that's like when i remember i could say i remember facebook like actually being introduced not to the college people but to everybody that blue and white uh you know page right Mm -hmm. But just going back to just how I was as a kid, I remember, um, like, around my, maybe around the time I was 13, 14, I was going to the library, Central Library in downtown Minneapolis was, like, the spot. Like, I don't know what the Gen Zers are up to today, (laughs) Um, making TikTok videos, but 
you know, back then, if you wanted to find friends, if you wanted to meet new people, if you wanted to experience, um, you know, what it's like to kind of be a little independent, yeah. but still tell your mom where you're at, you had to go to li- library. Um, yeah. And just downtown in general, downtown Minneapolis, how it's changed and evolved, it's so crazy, because we'd go to Block E, uh, there was a theater there, we'd go to the malls, where like, you know, where the YMCA is now, it used to be like, literally like, food courts, and it was just like... A mall, like it was cool. Mm, like we're yeah, going to yeah. Nicolet Mall. Are you coming? Yeah. You know, but uh, other than that, like I went through different phases. So like when I was in the eighth grade, I was like eighth grade till sophomore year of high school. I was like a skateboarder. I was trying to find my, uh, you know, <laughs> my you lane. Were, you were a skateboarder. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> so uh, seeing now black girl skating. Push movement. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I saw like a black girl like uh, create her first like skateboard company. I was like, oh my gosh, where were you like when I was. 14 you so, know uh, the proper nar stuff yeah yeah that's dope that is so cool like and i would go to skateboard parks not to be not to even meet new people but just me my other friend she's african-american her name is amatula um and she's muslim and we went to the same school same middle school growing up and same high school and just me and her we were our own we did not want to conform mm, okay. so i just remember growing up being so against the idea of conforming to people's standards like yeah. you've got to wear a hijab because you're muslim and you're somali i'm no i'm gonna wear it when i want to you're going to stay in your lane and uh you know not strain your hair or not curl you know not curl wand your hair uh no i'm gonna do whatever i want with my hair that was how i, I always felt like i came across people trying to tell me what to do and i was against it so i would you know, be a part of the little, you know, y'all probably, this is so embarrassing talking about it. <laughs> no, shoot, no, but, you know, like the, the you know, like the you a jerk phase, new yeah, boys. Hey. Oh, I was all hey, about that. Hey. When I started hey. high school, <laughs> see, people nowadays, they want to go back to TikTok. Yeah. Like, you know, but back in the days, you actually had to know how to dance. Yeah. So another oh way gosh. I used to find friends when I was in high school, and I went to, I started at Roosevelt High School. Yeah, I might not believe it, but I'm a really good dancer. I met. Dance I was. I had a dance crew. I was in the <laughs> well, center. Wait, wait, wait. Was y'all hitting the forties? Cause then, I, then I know it's real. We were doing everything. We were doing oh. the break dancing. Um, <laughs> we were doing just the actual crumping. Crumping. Yep. 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 And it was just more of like just the space where you have to know like music at that time. We had Sierra coming out, and you know we had like. You just actually had to, like, some of my role models were, like, Sierra and, like, uh, Missy Elliott. And I just really loved just how they were themselves. They wore what they wanted to wear. Right. They danced how, they freestyled however they wanted to freestyle. Yeah. So that I went through that phase as well. And then when I went to South High, I still went through a little bit more conforming. People, you know, wanting to tell me you're not even good at sports. Why are you going to play soccer? I did it anyways. Did I suck? Absolutely I sucked because I played the Somali way. I played yeah. like, you know, we playing in the backyard. I'm going to kick you in your shin type of way. <laughs> but that's not Somebody how we play. Somebody falling out here. <laughs> um, never passing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, just in general, like where, where I'm coming from is that I was throughout like my entire early uh childhood to my teenage years i was just always trying to find my voice not conform mm, to people's mm-hmm. standards not wearing the abercrombie and the whatever you know yeah. aeropostle at that time i really was trying to find my space and youtube started emerging and me and my friends i swear the people we watched back then 
and we didn't even know they're problematic. People like Shane <laughs> yeah. Dawson. We were watching Shane Dawson like there was no tomorrow. And I think what made it okay was because he had, like, a black girl on his sh- channel. And he was, like, one of the very famous YouTubers at the time. I was a comedian. And he would just... I didn't even know what he was making fun of. And the Shanene character was really imitating black women. Okay. Yeah. I just was watching it from a lens of, oh, wow, he's so funny. He can be multiple people. Right. And when I started my comedy in general, like, with Vine and Keek and... There's a Keek app before Vine. Um, people were really mean on there in 2012. Uh, <laughs> uh, people from London. Um, and I used to, you know, go back at it with them too. Like, yeah, that's why you dusting your teeth yellow. Ooh, but um, yeah. Vine just became a space for me to be multiple personalities. Like, I could be my grandma. I could act like the white Karen lady. Like, now what we see that's popping today right. and the problems that we have. Like, we see <clears throat> Donald Trump. We see, uh, you know, Karens of the world. We see, uh, you know, people like just trying to find, like, I don't know. Today is different. Sorry. Today is a different time. You can't really make fun of different types of people. But back then, the way I used to make fun of people was really based off of my story. I would actually act like the white woman that told me, go back to your country. I would actually act like the smaller lady that told me, you're wearing pants. That's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. You're going to become a man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and I don't know. That's kind of how I grew my channel, and I was just always trying to find more ways to just share my story. And I think in general today, where I'm at today, where I'm at today, I just find it extremely difficult to be yourself. That's okay. why I kind of stay in my own lane. Um, by that I mean, people just find an excuse to just try to be offended by everything. Right. There's things that have been said about Muslims, about Somali people, about black women that I look at and I'm like, well, that doesn't apply to me, so that's funny, but okay, great, moving on. But there's things today where you just cannot, like, I don't know, just people would just hate on you, and it's just hard to kind of move from that, Right. you know? I could see that. But I'm not trying to let to, let it get to me. I feel like, you know, now that I moved out and I have my own space and... I'm actually exploring different ways yeah. to get on YouTube again and make make like tell my story and the things that I've been through and kind of just enlighten other people on how to make connections and you know how to network. Um, those types of things is how I really started to develop myself mm-hmm. yeah. um, into the woman I am and hopefully into the woman I'm becoming. But um, that's what I want to be able to teach, uh, especially little girls that didn't have people that look like myself online into youtube and stuff like that but now there's a lot of representation and i'm glad for that yeah mm-hmm. my thought was i was thinking about um you guys and miss wolf connection um were you aware of like you said all the phases and your seasons that you went through were you kind of aware that you were the i don't know if you were but you were the black person in these spaces at time were you aware that uh same for you person were you aware that miss wolf was kind of looking out for you and that you were kind of grasping your blackness in that situation also like this woman is helping me, this black student, in a space where there are not a lot of people who are like me in this black kind of creative space. No. Okay. No. Um, the thing is, and and I, what I'll say for me is, is, so I've already said it here, I haven't said it here, right, is that I have older parents. So my father was born in 1937 from down south. Okay. And my mother was born in 1953 in Chicago, Illinois. Um for me i had did art 
from the time I came out the womb. Okay. Like, yeah. I, like... Came out painting just... <laughs> like, I was that kid where I had... My mom had me in every after-school mm, activity. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, that's why I can resonate with you, right? Because, like, I have did the African dance. I have did tap dance. I have did hip-hop dance. I have did taiko drums. I've... I never did break dance. My brother did break dance. Um, yeah. Just all the things. And so... Uh, with my parents though because they were older and they came from an older generation like let's be clear my father was born in 1937 right, yeah. and he's from mm. Memphis so yeah. so his whole thing was um, my parents whole thing was they still had that mentality of when you get older you become an engineer a doctor a mm-hmm. lawyer now mind there you, you go. my father was a real life version of um I can never say his name right, but the the man who played in Catch Me If You Can, um, that was oh Frank Abernathy. No, 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 Leonardo. Di- oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. There we go. Yes. Okay. So my father was the real life version of him. Okay. Because my dad would whoever you whoever he needed to be to get a job is who he would be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so like when the Mall that. of America first <laughs> listen when the Mall of America first opened, let my dad tell it he was head of security. Um. And other things. So, like, by the time I really started to take notice, my father was a whole supervisor of a company that he knew nothing about. Okay. Right. And then my mom always, and still to the, still to today, she works as a nurse. So in my household, it was never taught to me that art was was a thing you get paid to do. Right. Mm-hmm. When I told my mom. That Miss Wolf had told me design was a career. My mom said, "Child, that's a hobby." Okay. You know, yeah, that's a hobby. That's not no, right? And so the thing that uh, Susan Wolf had opened my eyes to, the thing that she had opened my eyes to, and I always pay her gratitude is the fact that she showed me um, art is a career for everybody. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until really I got to MCAD. And I started to recognize, which I already was aware of, but I wasn't fully aware of, I'm going to be the only black person in the room. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For life. Okay. Yeah. So every time oh, I yeah, step into these. MCTC, you have a little oh, bit more God, diversity. Yes. Than with the oh, yeah. Because yeah. even at MCTC, <clears throat> the design department was super diverse the time right. I went. Right. Yeah. Right. Because MCTC also, too, at the time, was like the number one college in Minnesota for having the most diversity out of everywhere. Um, So it wasn't until I really, like, stepped into MCAD, because even after attending that summer program, I had noticed it. But, like, I ain't care, because, like, call it ego or call it just me being self-aware. I just felt like y'all don't design like me, so I'm not concerned. Mm, Yeah. Okay. and I still carried that same thing when I went back to MCAT to finish my bachelor's. Y'all don't design like me, so I'm not concerned. Right. Yeah. But, like, just noticing and, and realizing there's 800 students, which is why I also... So, I'm always creating things. So, when I was at MCAT, I created the Black Artist Student Union yeah. and started throwing um, public open mics when it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we would find things to do because... My whole thing was we pay seventeen grand a semester 
Yeah. I'm going to have some fun. <laughs> right. We going to make this black as we can. I yeah. like it. Um, and at the time, there was only a busload of black students. And so it was like trying to have representation in a place where a lot of black students weren't from Minnesota. This was a shock for them. Yeah. And it was a shock for a lot of white kids who all their life has been either living on a farm or they've uh, been deep, deep, deep in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, and they just, like, I remember there was, there really was a little white boy when I went to MCAD and went back who was like, I've never seen black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was so shocked because he was like, I've never seen black people. I just, yep. just staring in class. Wow. <laughs> yep. And he was just like, I'm just, wow. Like, yeah. That's the reality for some people. Like that's actually, so my question though, I'm with this is, did you actually embrace that as far as like, once you realize that you are, you know, one of the few black people on campus and did you feel like a responsibility that you have to somehow bring everyone together and like create that black space? No, actually I felt like I need to protect all the black people. Okay. Because it was enough white mm. people that can protect each other. Yeah. Right. It was only a few black kids. Yeah. So all the black kids need to protect the black kids because that's how it was for me growing up in my hood. Yeah. Yep. All the black kids rode with each other because that's what you did. If mm-hmm. you got in trouble, then somebody might lie for you on your behalf. Yeah. Because if you get your ass whooped, we all get whooped. <laughs> yeah, so that's real. we need to be able to tell this lie as a collective. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So even in college, it was like, okay, there's literally only a busload of us. And I remember when I started the Black Artist Student Union, I told people that, um, I want everybody to be here because we are all skin folk. Yeah. But, like, everybody got legs that move and work, so that's what we gonna do. Yeah. We gonna, we gonna move these legs and we gonna actually do this work. Um, and let your presence be known. So, I remember one of the first things that we did at MCAD was, uh, it was actually around the time right after <laughs> Calvin you want to know how bold I am so right after the sentencing and all of the fall of Mike Brown uh-huh. um, our current our then president who I still love Jay Coogan was very big on y'all pay for tuition your words freedom of speech that's what the school is all about mm-hmm. yeah right and so after the Mike Brown decisions and everything falling apart, I decided to email faculty and our president personally and ask them to have a private panel discussion with them and the Black Artist Student Union, mm, which at the okay. time was just me, uh, my homeboy Gabe, uh, Jonathan Herrera, who is a very big artist, or I, I call him a very big artist. Um, and a few other people uh, who I can't think of at the moment. And we sat down and we literally talked about how this was affecting us, how yeah. we felt about it. And I remember Damon Stanek uh, was a professor at MCAD. I hope he still is. If he's not, you know, much love to him. Um, and he was one of the first ones to say, you guys, because this is a private institution, we yeah. write our own curriculum. Yeah. And I was like, word, so how come we ain't got enough black people in it? Mm. So he was like, well, I can completely change the final. And so he completely changed our final to be all about black people. It was about black designers, black painters, black graffiti artists, black uh, typographers. It was completely black. 
It was, and like the way he did his final, even the way he did his final was different because like all it was was pictures, but you had to know who the artwork was by. Right. And so the fact that now I'm in class and the final, I actually got an A. Or did I get a B minus? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Is an A or a B minus? One of them. One of them. But, but the fact that now I'm sitting in a classroom and I was so joyful that day to be sitting in a classroom taking this final with all this black artwork and all these little white kids gotta remember (laughs) okay you gotta remember every artist on this list um that for me was like the way i knew okay we're going to protect the black students that like that's what it's going to be no matter what and that lets you know that things can be done because like you said it'd have been the other way for forever and we all we go into a class you have to learn all this history about here are the important white artists you need to know mm-hmm. yeah. but for them to switch it like i said they make their own curriculum switch it well and the thing Do about it. it is and and that's why i like i love certain associations and i don't mess with other associations the thing that was so important and crucial at that time was that we had a president that wasn't trying to beat something down our throats jay coogan that's the thing that i will always pay homage to him for is because jay coogan was like the school would be nothing without the students Mm -hmm. so whatever y'all want to change i'm i'm gonna push it forward that having a person having someone in an authority figure to actually be able to say that and do that Mm -hmm. is really important and i think that's what a lot of places period lack like that's why I would never work at an agency ever again. Yeah. Life. Well, I think that's a, like a, I think it takes courage to do that though, you know? Like it takes some, like a, where does that energy like inside of you come from to step out of your, like realize it's bigger than you. That like, it's not a, a precious thing right now. It's like a culture thing that we mm-hmm. have to protect everybody that's actually here right now that is black because we are, you know, the underrepresented population in these spaces. Yeah. And also too, it was just, for me, it was also just logic. Yeah. If me and Suzanne both paying thirty four grand, but Suzanne gets to learn about all her white counterparts in Western history of art and da 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 da, why do I have to go outside and learn about it after mm-hmm. I've paid the same amount that she did? Yeah. That's not fair. Right. I like no. What? No. No. Unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Change it. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy that you feel like that you have to actually you know, muster that energy to actually just reach for equality in those things you know that like you're yeah. not asking for you know to be a predominantly like black studies at all it's just like we just want like a fair share in education yeah yeah that's crazy my thing is i also think that's super dope by you because it's this is again this is like a society culture kind of thing it seems like black women are always leading the way in that kind of stuff okay yeah. yes. um like i said it was you and some other people on team but like i said you were the one who started this thing got this thing started reached out to these professors and got that thing rolling it's always like i said i'm a black man but i know that we are on the coattails of a lot of work that black women do yeah Mm -hmm. um can you talk about that a little bit about again some of that process and then bringing everybody on board because like i said i went to mcad and i just went learned the stuff i learned i didn't start a black art student (laughs) union i didn't email any teachers I went, got the lesson, got my diploma, and got out of there. So wait, which part you want me to dive into? <laughs> <laughs> um, the part about like black women leading the way and stuff like that, about how you did. Went you about know, so um, I don't know when y'all will air this, but we was actually so uh, Minneapolis Institute of Art. I just hosted a panel for like it was moderated by Art in Many Forms um, or whatever, and so of course I chose all the black women. Yeah. And so we were talking about how specific it is to, for this exact reason, hire black women and value and respect them. Because when you do it right, you can have yourself a successful 
uh, Popeye sandwich campaign. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We all know what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what. Yep. It sold out for how many months? Yeah. Okay. They 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 had to make a comeback commercial for it. Yeah. And that was orchestrated by a black girl. Yeah. That that the fact that it was a black woman who said, okay, this is how we gonna do this. Or every time you see something happen in certain spaces, it's always a black woman. Um, I think for me, I I just always it it's always logic first for me. Yep. Um, logically. While I was at MCAD, like I said, I pay how much for tuition? Right. <laughs> Listen, Rummy, what we finna? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same thing with art in many forms, and the reason why I birthed it. <clears throat> Excuse me. How many women is out here with businesses? How many of them? Wait, wait, wait. And and like the biggest part for me is like when I see these graphs that are like, this is how much Black women make compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm never trying to be a part of that statistic. Yeah. No, no, don't count me in that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in that. Uh, don't, no, I don't want to be in that. That's I'm just a logical person that way. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of black women are very, I want to say black and white when it comes to how things should be structured and how things are should be done. I think that's why a lot of people are like, oh, well, black women are so aggressive. No, they're just very black and white. Like, let's get to the fucking point Correct. because I yeah. got something to do yeah. and I'm trying to make some money right. and you holding up my coins. <laughs> that's, <it. Yeah. laughs> that's. I think that's what it is for, for most black women specifically who are leading the charge or the way somewhere. Yeah, I wanted to add to yeah, that. Um, when it comes to black women leading the way um you know i came from an environment where i had not a lot of role models um it was really hard my parents are immigrants and um just knowing learning how to navigate the cultural differences amongst being american being somali and being muslim it was just really challenging and the first time i i didn't even know that what i was doing and the steps i was taking when i was 18 was going to help me um, the things I, one of the first people, group of people I met was, uh, the Brand Lab, which is a non-profit organization that, um, helps, uh, students of color get into marketing and advertising. Yeah, for sure. Never heard of marketing, never heard of advertising. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so when, when I was, uh, in high school, these were the first people that were in my, um, English class. Uh, I took a mass communication class and, Miss Rush was our teacher, and she brought in the Brand Lab. And they're not a part of; not, they're not affiliated with Minneapolis Public Schools. But the first group of people I met were uh, Ellen, Waltower, and mm-hmm. um, there was uh, Kenny. And basically, anyways, the organization helped me get my first internship in a creative space at Target. And that, I got to choose that internship. Yeah. Uh, my family worked at Target. I was <clears> like, well, what is Target corporate like? Right. Yeah. So I worked amongst art directors that actually went to MCAD. And mm-hmm. at that time, I had no clue what MCAD even was. I never heard of even the it's U of M. Okay. Yeah, I never even knew what design was about. Yeah. I never heard of a career in art. I went back home and told my mom, "You could? did you know people go to school for art oil? Did you, <laughs> did you, did you know that people are actually working and taking pictures for these companies? Did you ever think to yourself, where did that ad come from? My mom's like, no, 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 Maria, Maria, this is taking too much time. I just wish you just become doctor. Like, why you don't become doctor and engineer and lawyer? Why don't you be that? And I'm like, because I'm not, I knew what yeah. I was good at. And I think 
early on, you have to be honest with your kids. If yeah. you notice your kid is just not good at math, do not try to force them to become in these math petitions, these yeah. engineers. Like, it takes a lot of work, you know what I mean? If you're yeah. not going to give them the type of resource, I mean, if you can't afford to get them the right. resources, the tutoring, the training that they need, don't, you know, try to push them into areas where, because you want to conform them to, you know what I mean, what you yeah. want. And I think that's my that's the thing I noticed with my mom was that she was open and, and open ended and accepting of what I ended up doing as long as I made money. She's yeah. like, all right, well, if you could show me how that's gonna return on my investment, yeah. okay, there you go. <laughs> um, I'm willing to support you on that. Yeah, but it was so hard. I mean, my mom should even really like. It w- it, you know, you can't judge somebody when they don't have that experience. Yeah. My mom had me at a young age. She was a single mom as well. So she didn't really understand what it's like to go to college and the sacrifices you got to take. Yeah. So being a part of the brand lab, I didn't realize when I was taking these internships and they didn't even really pay as much. But I just was thankful for the experience because I knew that it was teaching me something about my career yeah. field i never i didn't stick to one thing although my first internship was in creative it was at being an art director supporting the art directors and whatever yeah i was like all right well now i want to check out digital strategy and what it's like to work behind websites and how does that get built i learned everything through taking these internships not even really yeah. through my academic experiences and i think one of the one of the things that I realized was that in every space that I was in, in my internships, I was always the only person that was a black woman. Um, and on top of that, like, it was just, okay, this is kind of a hard pill to swallow. And I'm still learning to accept this because yeah. it is so challenging. But there are really people that are very naive to working with people that look like me. They've yeah. never done it. They've never grown up with black people. They've never grown up with Muslims. Mm-hmm. You know, they have questions. So you will be the first people that they'll try to talk to at that, you know, work cookout. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, you right. know, and ask you like, oh, like I've had questions about my hijab. Is it hot in that? Or why are black people doing this in the media? Or do you know about it? I can't even talk to people at work about Meg the Stallion. They don't know what's happening in the culture. <laughs> so it's like I had to, I realized the older I get, I have to take some sacrifices and some steps uh, yeah. to understand. <clears throat> um, I guess not sacrifice myself not like put myself in jeopardy but just understand that there are people that have literally not a lens they they were sheltered their whole lives yeah they don't know what it's like to be around you know a group of black people that are creative that have multiple skills and just because i work in strategy now that does not mean i don't know how to video edit i know how to video edit i know how to shoot a video and there's literally like so much resources out there i've taught myself how to do a lot of things and um, that's another thing I realized. There's not a lot of people that are self... To be able to be a black woman that is, like, a leader or leading a certain aspect, you have to be able to be a self-motivator. Like, yeah, you have to be a self-starter. Gotta put the key in the engine. Boom, boom. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> you be know? in middle school making websites. You know? <laughs> yeah, you for sure. You, you gotta be grinding. You gotta be making them connections, going to the um, libraries. You gotta yeah. be talking to people that don't look like you. Right. You yeah. can't be in your same fr- friend settings all the damn time. Yeah. You know, like, one day you're just gonna realize the older you get, People come in and out of your life, and you're going to have to be around people that are like-minded that will tell you the things you don't want to hear, so that you can make better, so you can make better decisions for yourself. 
And I think that the older I get, that's what I'm looking for. I think it takes platforms like brand, the Brand Lab to like help give you those opportunities, but also platforms like Art in Many Forms mm-hmm. to have people that have traveled down that route to be able to talk, you know, fluently about, you know, what does that route look like? And may, whether I'm 16 years old and I'm curious about something or I'm 55 years old and I want to start a business, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if, I've, if we could actually tell me, tell us more about Art in Many Forms and what does that look like for y'all? Yeah, so I was actually going to say the first thing first um, to tap in on something that that you said uh so for me my like you asking the question was susan wolf impactful in my life to let me know that me being the only black person in the room was going to be something that was going to be relevant later no um because at the time and it's something you touched on my fight was is art a real thing um Mm, and actually finding later later much later in my life because like like i don't know one day i actually might write a full memoir as i'm sitting here thinking about this looking forward to that one because like all the jobs i've worked yeah um and all the things i did because let's be mindful in the midst of designing even back then so i'm gonna keep it as short as possible i um I was making decisions for myself at a young age, always. And and that's just because my mom, when I was 10, and, and we laugh about this now, but it's still, like, very impactful to my life. What you say to your children is impactful. I don't think people understand sometimes that kids grow up. Like, that's all of us in this room, <laughs> yeah, right? right. Yeah. And so when I was 10, on my 10th birthday, no bullshit, my mom told me, you're going to need to figure it out because I'm not going to be around forever. So you yeah. need to learn how to take care of yourself. She told me that at 10. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right? My household was very different. So um, at a young age, I had already decided once leaving Farwell Middle School, I wanted to go to Edina. Yeah. Uh, That was during the time that Minneapolis used to have a program called the ABC program. You inner city kids could go to high school in the suburbs through this program. Mm. I wanted to go to Edina. So I went to Edina. In Edina, they do it different. It goes six through nine. That's middle school. And then 10 through 12 is high school. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when I went to Edina, I was in middle school. (laughs) I was back in middle school (laughs) at the graduation from middle school. (laughs) But it was the most traumatic experience ever. Oh, wow. Um, I will never forget. I wish I could remember this little white boy name today. But I remember, because there was only a bus, there was literally a busload of us, which is why later in life, I seen the kids at MCAD, I always say there was only a busload of us, right? Because there was only literally a busload of us at Edina in this program. Um, And there was a little white boy who was like, you know, ever since y'all started coming here, our test scores have went down. And I was like... Wow! Yeah. Kill him! Just yeah. kill him! <laughs> and, and he's in the ninth grade at the time. Yeah, we're all in the ninth grade, but you know the the things are different because right. yeah. like I had Greek math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I what? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, no, it's like a mix of trig and um, regular algebra mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, ninth grade. And I just was <laughs> like. Ooh. So every and and right, what I realized, right. not trying, I don't want to stay on this too long. But yeah. what I realized was that everything that people was learning. So back in Minneapolis, everything that twelfth graders was learning, ninth graders was learning in Edina. Wow. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. and then mm-hmm. just switch the education dynamic. So everything you was learning in the ninth grade in yeah. Minneapolis, twelfth graders was learning in Edina. Yeah. Right. Because by then, like they they teach you so much. Right. But um. 
even with all of that, when I came back to the cities, because of course I left, uh, and I had made the decision then, I had told my mom, I was like, it's not going to work. I want to transfer. She was like, I don't want you to. So I had went to school, and I had signed a paper, like it was her signature, and they yeah. called her. Oh. And my mom never was one of those people who yeah. showed up, but my yeah. mom... She showed up that day. She did. <laughs> for the forgery, she, she showed up she for She showed up for the forgery. But here's the yeah. crazy. When she got there, she was like, oh... That's why. Okay, yeah, no. She can leave. Right. She can leave. That's that's what she want to do. You can leave. Um, and so even in the midst of all of that, I was still, I ran track. I was still working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was still designing. Yep. Um, even at a young age. And so by the time I got older, it, it wasn't until these last couple of years that it finally hit me. Like after working for an agency for two seconds, I was like, wow, y'all suck. The yeah. microaggressions are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won't say the name of this particular agency, but when they told all the interns that they had a take it or leave it contract for 40K, yeah, I was like, no. I'll leave it here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, even better, two weeks into this internship for this agency and me and the, the creative, I don't know what, because she was like the liaison. So, like, the company would get projects, and then she would decide which creative director and art director would get it. And then they would make yeah. a team around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told her two weeks into it, I was like, I'm not staying here. So, y'all don't even have to offer me anything. And she was like, well, do you want to finish out the internship? And I was like, sure. She was like, people really love you. I said, that's fine. <laughs> but, like, that's crazy. they yeah. don't value what I bring. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it was super fucking whack. Yeah. So there's that. I had, there was a creative director who needed, you know, they have clubs or whatever. They have clubs or whatever. And so they have this yoga club and there was this creative director or whatever her position was who was supposed to make a poster. And so I didn't have anything to do. So she had asked me to do it. So I did it. She sends it out talking about she did it. When wow. I asked her why she took credit for it, she simply said because she had higher seniority. Oh, my goodness. It was little things like that at this agency, which I can't yeah. wait the day that they finally close. <laughs> yeah, I, they will close. <laughs> they will because they got bought out last year. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. sure they're going to close in the next yeah. coming years. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, live your life. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that also created art in many forms. So Art in Many Forms is a networking and discussion platform dedicated to women of color who either want to start a business, thinking about starting a business, or simply need to be inspired by their homegirl who's in proximity of them. Um, It was something I just randomly decided to start because, one, I have a lot of homegirls that are designers, creatives, videographers, whatever. Yeah. Um, And all they do is complain. Once again, I'm a logical person. You hate something, let's change it. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's change it. You don't like that career you're in, you don't like that job you're at. Okay, great. Let's let's change it. About yeah. solutions, I like it. Okay. I, I, yeah. You know, and and that's the other benefit of working all these different jobs. I used to work at Hertz at the mall. Yeah. And I had a I won't go into the whole situation, but I had a black woman who literally cuz I was explaining her the policies and that yeah. She was like, "Honey, let me stop you." I don't care. <laughs> How can you solve it? Mm. And that has stuck with me ever since. Cause I'm yeah. like, no one cares. Yeah. Yeah. That's How can you part. solve it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what the policy is. Just 
how can we solve it? Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing that, like, you know that in the back of your mind, especially being that you started to work so early. I, I worked uh, at the age of 14 as well until now. You don't really, that that type of lesson gets stuck with you and you don't see it more evident than you do when you're, like, in your 20s. Like, and you're really, like, these are the real adult years. Yeah. You don't have mama to help you out. You don't really have your dad around. Yeah. You are in it to yourself. You got bills to pay. Nobody wants to hear about nothing. Like, even yeah. if it comes down to, like, a parent, uh, somebody that died in your family, um, you could have a really tragic accident. Yeah. And I've been inv- impacted by COVID. I had a family member that passed away um, due to COVID that I could not see, could not attend their funeral. Um, did I feel like my workplace helped me out? Not really, because, again, we're all working at home. We're working remote. But see, pause. It's, and it's because of stories like that that I hear. And I'd be like, so why do you work for these people? Granted, I gotta, you know, granted, I under I think the thing about me particularly, and this is why I literally just was thinking in my head, like, oh, damn, I should write a memoir. Yeah. I had a very different upbringing. So, like, I've never had the comfortability of, oh, hey, dad, or, oh, hey, mom. Same. Nah, I've, I, I've, I've been an indie. When my mom, first of all, let me tell you something. Okay? Yeah. When my mom decided to move, I didn't even know. She came to drop off the cat yeah. <laughs> to my apartment. Yeah. Because I've had my own place since I was 18. So she yeah. came to drop off the cat to my apartment with my then oldest brother. And I was like, where's you going? Because me and my mom, we don't got a relationship like that. She was like, no. I'm going to Oklahoma. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Here's sure. Here's the cat. <laughs> right? Still got that cat. Yeah. Um, and so, like, but when I hear so many different people who are like, you know, this person passed away and this happened. And I didn't have, like, my boss didn't give me any grace. Mm-hmm. I find that to be so troubling because... Also having these battles that I've personally had with mental health and depression and anxiety, I could only imagine what it's like to go through something, So traumatic. not saying that I haven't, but mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it's like to go through something traumatic and then someone tell you, hey, I need you to get to work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fam, you better get off my line yeah, so well, quick. So, what I hear from both of y'all is like, uh, well, I was going to say like support systems, you know? And I feel like with art in many forms, you're building that somewhat internal support system amongst other women of color. Yeah. And like that's like that's great. So what I think what we're thinking is like outside of that as far as us as black men as well as mm-hmm. people in general like what can we do to I guess like help foster an envir- environments or you know be um I guess like continue to like be allies to like help promote work or promote creativity or promote the like, and independence and like in-house too like working with creators in-house too. So. Yeah, actually we start with Madian. Like what does support look like for you like in the workplace? What does that what does that look like? Um, it looks like, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Especially in advertising. I don't. In yeah. corporate, I could give you an answer. Um, it looks like having a, not, not just a DNI group, yeah. but like mm-hmm. actual spaces that are safe with other people that look just like you having the same problems where you could at least talk to each other and make yeah. sure y'all ain't going crazy. I don't yeah. have that at, at an ad agency. Yeah. And I think... I'm so happy that 
earlier on in my life I had a lot of traumatic experience that's why this type yeah. of experience with my grandmother passing away I could just brush it off yeah. I'm fine which you shouldn't but I mean but I, I shouldn't but I just know that God is with the people that are always persevering yeah and at the end of the day I have faith I know that it's not going to be forever yeah. it's not going to be long term yeah. I'm happy that the conversation of people moving out of the country is starting to Take a wave now because, yeah. to be honest, I'm, I am also considering my options out of the country. Yeah. I don't know if America is right for me. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, like, what outside of work and just me, if I'm going back to my YouTube and being creative again, what, a, what, a, what, a, what, what support looks like is having a group of people that you can lean on and just text like, hey, what do you think about this video before I put it up? Here's a preview. Or, hey, um, what do you think about grabbing some coffee or going for a walk to just talk about different ideas? I'm thinking about this as an idea. Or just yeah. being able to, like, actually have people that you can text and be like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. I want to know what your thoughts are. Having yeah. that, having somebody else's two cents, right? Yeah. That's what support looks like for me. But... In the space of COVID and just in general with what's been happening with this country and um, just with, you know, corporate spaces, like, you know, being a professional and trying to also divert and be like, do I want to be yeah. a professional forever and being working for someone else or do I want to do my own thing? Um, you know, I think that having spaces like this and, you know, people being able to like listen to you and tell you what you are capable of because it's sometimes kind of hard to see what you're actually uh good at right. sometimes it's better when somebody else could see like more yeah. about you mm -hmm. you know what i mean so just having other people's advice mm. and input on what you do um but not not in a like they want to take advantage of you way higher yeah. like you're not just gonna come up to me and be like you got 60 some thousand followers i want to know how you got that and i also want to know if you could give me a shout out that's not gonna happen right. ever <laughs> in this daytime of life because you don't want to be my friend you don't want to talk to me yeah, you just want some followers right. yeah. that's so ugly like you gotta get your <laughs> priorities straight yeah. you know so at the end of the day like um it just it really means being honest with one another and transparent and hearing one another out and not putting each other down and being able to just be mature and have an honest conversation about what we're, what's going on. Dude, yeah. your grandma died. How do you feel? Yeah. Not just, oh, I hope you're all well. I hope you're doing well. Oh. Yeah, I think that's just, I think sometimes we as a, like an American culture, we, we get so consumed by the work itself. Like, that's what that I'm the saying. work drives everything. I've and realized And we forget that. that we're all people first, you know? People don't, in corporate setting, they don't care about what you have going on. Yeah. And, and I think I'm so, again, grateful for the fact that I had to raise myself. I had to be, I'm the oldest in my family. I had to be that go-to person my whole life. Yeah. So when I came into this space, it wasn't um, shocking that I would have to be also self-reliant. Yeah. I would have to have my own back. Yeah. But in, um, this is already looking like this. What's your uh, What's your plan in the next two weeks? Yeah. I don't just plan for what's my week going to be like next week. Yeah, I right. plan the whole month. Okay, what's going to happen this month? Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this day off. I got this going on. I'm going uh, to try to hit up this person. You know what I mean? Yeah. I try my best to be a good communicator as well. Yeah. But in an individualistic society that we live in, yeah. it's very difficult to try to be collective. Yeah. And I think as black people, we should try to get back to being more collective supportive amongst one another and i'm saying this with a grain of salt because it's not easy yeah um with all the things we have going on around us but doing things like this is really helpful yeah. and impactful yeah, it motivates definitely. me 
Nah, it's, it's good to know. Yeah. We'll offer you Miss Two Phones. How you? What you thinking? I do have two phones. Okay. It's two phones. I got okay. two phones. <laughs> and somebody always sing that song. It never fails. Yeah. Um, one is King P Studio and the other is Precious. Okay. Yeah. Oh, congrats. So, huh, hey, King P paid for both of them. Yeah. Um, so, the first thing I would say, I would say really, so I've worked in all sectors. <laughs> I say when it comes to corporate and agency, if you're a black man and you see a black woman who is completely talented and you know she could do it on her own, tell her to leave. Yeah. Um, mm. That's how you can support her. Okay. Um, actually put fire in her to be motivated enough to say, fuck this place. Yeah. Um, one of the women I that's actually interviewed... Deep. Yeah, one of the women I actually interviewed for the last episode of Art in Many Forms, Saint, uh, the St. Louis edition, um, Cammie Thomas, who I love and adore. She's so dope. And Cammie actually left her employer, and now her, her past employer is her client. Okay. Right? So if you see somebody who you know is dope and could do hella shit outside of that area, tell them yeah. to leave. Because one of, like, I can't say I've had horrible experiences working for others when it comes to design work. Because one of the very first places I worked was Juxta. Juxta was amazing to me. Um, I got six credits of internship from them. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I love Juxta. Um, After Juxta... I've been doing work for True Art Speaks for years. Tish Jones has always been a strong advocate. She was one of my, she was the first person that ever put me on contract to do design work because she was just like, I love what you do. Yeah. Um, and even after working corporate, so but before I graduated, I had a job at Best Buy. Um, and I worked Best Buy corporate. And Denton Warren at the time, that's who name I was looking for because I wanted to make sure I said it correctly. Uh, Denton Warren was the senior creative director at Best Buy Corporate. He probably still is. And like Denton, who mind you, is a white guy. And he's from like some little city like far, far up in Minnesota. But he had, him and his wife had moved to New York for a very long period of time. And then they moved to California for a very long period of time. Um, and like he would always say, because he's seen and worked in those places, Mm -hmm. it just changed the way he viewed things. And he would always be like, I used to be the boss that was like, oh, you got to get things done. You got to be here. You got to do this. He was like, yeah, but people don't work well with that. Right. So like I would have horrible debilitating migraines, which I still get. He would be like, oh, Pete, go on. Like to have a boss like that who was phenomenal and great and also seeing my talent it was like corporate is it's not for you p like Mm. it's not for you like granted best buy is the most if ever you see a design job at best buy corporate apply for it because it's the most you ain't gonna learn nothing (laughs) but you are going to get paid comfortably you are going I, i plead the fifth 
Okay. I, well, I worked there and my experience was great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you for my spot, check. Complete <laughs> the fifth. Thank you for my check. It yeah. was amazing. Um and and then yeah, um, uh, after that, working at an agency, because my whole thing too with being a logical person, I never want to say I don't like something if I've never tried it. Yeah. Mm, okay. So, um, that's one of the reasons I worked agency. But two weeks into it, I was like, "Yeah, y'all are whack. I don't want to do it." So, um, I think what's been really helpful for me on my journey every step of the time is one having my own confidence, um, and my own authority, and two, uh, having people be in my background who pushed me to do it for myself. Yeah. And then three, um, one of my main clients who I, I so love and adore, and he's like a big brother of mine, is Elliot Payne. And when I came into knowing this man last year, Elliot was like, because me and a friend of mine actually were pitching for a city project that we didn't get. Um, and we didn't think nothing of it. Whatever. And so it was like two weeks later, Elliot had personally hit me up and was like, hey, you you uh, doing any work right now? And I was like, no. And so that was like the start of our current relationship, because every time and any time, every time and any time someone says, oh, I need a graphic designer. Elliot is like precious. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like he's been my PR person for the last year and a half. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, every time he touches a project, if they need a designer, I get to touch the project. So yeah. thanks to Elliot, I've, I've touched the, I don't know, like, um, uh, what's one thing I would say? Red Bull. I've touched Red Bull. I've touched, uh, Pillsbury United Communities is still one of my clients. It's my main client. Um, I've touched so many different things. Ilhan is through the coven. Yeah. Um, just to, I'm not gonna tell y'all my client list no, no, like you that. Good. But um, people at home taking notes right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. But I will say, yeah. like having, having, having the person who tells you, "Yo, you can go beyond your means," and then having the person who constantly screams your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both of those people, for me and my background, has been black men, and also Denson, who's a white guy. But whatever, yeah, like right. having that has been super beneficial to me. Um, and I think it, especially the first thing, like if you see somebody who's super dope at an agency, tell them to leave. Yeah. Here's the thing I want to say, though. One yeah. side note. Um, and this is a little like controversial, but Uh-oh. no, it, it kind of just a little bit. <laughs> I think that it something about working at the agency has yeah. really developed my my actual interpersonal skills, like being um, on my stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to find out my own grind. Like it works for whoever it works for, especially yeah. even in corporate too. The controversial part I wanted to say was while we do need entrepreneurs and we do need people that know how to be self-motivators, can be their own boss, know how to get, you know, the client list, all that. We also still need black people in these corporate spaces. Right. And true. I oh, will yeah. not knock the hustle of someone that works a nine-to-five i work a nine-to-five right now pays my bills um you know and i know that it's not the only option that's what i hear from you it, oh, no. it's not your only option maria you gotta do something else you could also you know 
have other streams of income and that's yeah. what as a as now that like especially thankful to now covid that's some of the things that i've been really discovering is yeah. different avenues of streams of income that don't have to just do with my nine to five yeah but when you don't have that um support like people like this right now group of people talking about things that are going to elevate us it is hard to find out through your own research how you can make it happen yeah um but just just to say too like you know like we still need the nine to fivers in this world (laughs) they're the ones that are going to become our future clients they're the ones that are buying our products um and I, I heard that on a different podcast. That's why I brought it up is because, like, you know, these companies still lack diversity. And yeah. I still have hope one day I will see a black uh, CEO at a Fortune 500 company that's not small, like the something CEO like a Starbucks. Of, uh, the CEO of Target is Bed, Bath & Beyond mm-hmm. is also a tar- black woman. But what I'm saying is, like, more. We need more black women in leadership. We need more black men in executive roles. Yeah. And that's, I think, what really kind of gets me up in the morning. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's been a little, like, stagnant advertising because, like, you know, you don't see a lot of people that look like you still. Yeah. But I do love the fact mm-hmm. that, like, in advertising, I was able to learn how to work across multiple clients. I've never yeah. been able to do that. How was it, like, working for UHC for a little bit? Target? Touching, um, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like 3M. It's really good, cool experience. And you learn at a very fast pace. Yeah. But it's not for everyone. Yeah. It's not. And uh, can I just tap in real quick? Yeah. I want to say two things. And I want to make sure these these are heard clearly. Okay. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Yeah, Entrepreneurship is not where you decide to escape from your reality. Yeah. Um, because it will force your reality onto you and make you see yourself in a way that you don't want to. Yeah. Um. And most of the people who become entrepreneurs that I personally know, even myself, is because you had some type of rock bottom, rock bottom moment. I don't know what accent that is that be coming in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you had some type of rock bottom moment that came into your life, and you decided, "Fuck this shit! I need yeah. some money." Right? Um, that's the one thing I'll say. The other thing I'll say is because I'm a very big advocate about this. Don't just hire black people. Let your spaces to hire black people. Yeah. I'm all for, you know, people of color being in these different rooms because that is important and it is representation for those who are younger and trying to have someone to look up to. Because when I first started doing design and got to MCTC, people told me to look up Steven Sagmeister. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do with that? Yeah. Um, mind you, he's an amazing designer, but, but like... not, yeah. And it was one of his first projects. He was cutting himself. I was like... Yeah. I don't know what to do with this yeah um but yeah i will i will always tell people entrepreneurship is not for the weak yeah um and if you're going to hire black people please be pure about your intentions i've been yelling that for the last six months nine months yeah because there's a lot of predatory behavior out here right now and i think for me i'm tired of folks saying oh hire black people you know no disrespect to nobody yep but no one is saying also value yep. and that's, respect that's the right there. That's black that people. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Don't yeah. just hire me because you need me on your roster when they ask what your board looks like. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Actually, when the project comes up, don't ask me for my opinion to validate if what you did was okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. How about you get me on the beginning of the project so we can avoid all of this yep. Yeah. Um, right now? Or even better, just let me lead it. There because you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm black. 
<laughs> yeah. We, I think a lot of this stuff is like, I think for especially creative leaders, um, and I know Calvin can probably attest to it, like, this is really valuable info, you know, as far as taking, or if somebody is like, you know, you're too powerful to be here, like, you're wasting your time, your energy yeah. by being in this workspace, mm-hmm. and, you know, you need to go off and be great somewhere else, or if that's like, you know what, well, you're doing a great job here, and we really admire, and, you know, um, we're happy to have you here and mm-hmm. you know you're doing a great job and need to continue doing that job and i think those like those lenses are needed for creative leaders in this um this workspace right yeah, i like i like that a lot those are some jewels like to let like you said set somebody free on their own kind of stuff is yeah that's a, that's it's a hard you know yeah. what they say like if you love them let them go you know right yeah. that's true though yeah. you see because yeah. you, you want to hold on to good talent yeah. but if someone can grow outside of this space you got to let them be there too so yeah that, that's but a jewel. that's like you know um like the the CEO of the Coven, Alex. Uh, I can never say Alex. Is it Diamond? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anywho, so like the fact that I don't know if y'all know any bit or part of her story. The fact that she worked at the agency she worked at for mm-hmm. ten years. Yeah. And she was always who she is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like how important it, how important would it have been for someone to have told her five years into her career? Because the last three years of her career, if I remember correctly, she worked part-time and still got paid her full salary because she could do her job that well, that yeah. fine. She didn't have to be in the office all day. And I'll add to that. She's at, she was at great places too, like big agencies. Like she These were like no yeah. small designs. These are like really big agencies here. And the fact that when she left, she still had this worry that she didn't know what she was doing. And the reality is, I think, what a lot of people don't foster especially black women is that the thing that you are doing is the thing that you've been doing everything i do yeah. with art in many forms and king b studio i've been doing since i was a kid yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like this you. isn't new to me this yeah. is just it's it's me adapting to different spaces but i love talking i've been talking since i was a kid i know how to do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i love art i've been doing art since i was a kid there's there's literally no part for me the only thing that is frustrating for me is when i have to learn new things in a new way yeah. and i can tell i'm picking up on someone else's bad habits which yeah. is particularly why i don't like learning directly yeah. from people yeah i'd rather watch a tutorial for days straight and start doing it and learn it on my own because that's what i've naturally always did yeah well so i'm as we're ending our time here actually i have two questions two last questions um (laughs) first one being for precious you um where does king p come from oh god i get this question all the time yeah and people are always like it's so wonderful it's oh so gosh. wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's me. Why are you doing impression me? I think it's wonderful too. <laughs> oh, <what's up? laughs> it's really not that deep. Yeah. Um, my mother's maiden name is King. Okay. Um, and <laughs> precious. So, uh, at MCAD, Corbin Lundberg. Corbin, if y'all don't know about him, is an amazing creative and painter. Um, he's active Air Force. He has been, and so. Um, during that time, we were all at MCAT, and he was like, P, you gonna need a name that's like, you know, like your art name. And I was like, you think so? He was like, yeah. And then I had told him my mom's maiden name was King, and so my name, Precious. Yeah. And he was like, you should go by King P. And I was like, yes. Yep. See, those are the type of friends I'm talking about. Yeah. Love Corbin. Corbin is amazing. That's um, good. So I'm like living it. in Atlanta now, but yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for the last four years. You know? Every <laughs> night I'm like, damn, what is King, where does King P come from? But um, no, nah, I'm glad not, I debunked that today. Mystery, mystery <laughs> Can I be yeah. honest? 
I thought you were, you got king from just like there's a movement now where women are redefining spaces like actual words like yeah. that are mm-hmm. typically meant for reserve for men. Like yeah. I've heard Beyonce use the reference of king. I mean she still uses it now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black is king. But like, you know, there's something powerful about being a woman, but then yeah. calling yourself king. That's what I thought was. That's the well, way I kind of digest, um, digested it at first when I first seen it four years ago. Not just well, though, right? and even that too, now. That too now, right? <laughs> all, all that too now. Yeah. Roll all that up into it. All of that now, especially because, like, when I order a lift on on that phone, yeah. and I get in, and they'd be like, king, I was looking for a guy. And I'd be yeah. like, no, it's me. Motherfucker, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Airport. <laughs> Time for <laughs> <Hurry> up, <laughs> <Gotta> go. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it. I think people think I, but it's just King King P for sure. Well, the second question for both of y'all, um, and we can actually start with Madi in here, is um the platform here is underrepresented. The podcast about mm-hmm. design and culture from the black perspective. Mm-hmm. So what we're asking you is like, what does underrepresented mean to you? Okay, I know that we were we we're still thinking about that question. <laughs> uh, let me try to answer it the best way I can. Yeah, take your time. Um, underrepresented to me is a chance. It's a chance for you to be remarkable. Um, I know that oftentimes the the connotation of the word underrepresented comes from a negative place, but I actually see it as a positive thing. I take pride in uh, being underrepresented. Yeah, well, certainly. Um, just the word itself, it has a lot of strength to it. It has a lot of, it's like the roots yeah. to, to a plant, you know, or to, to yeah, it's it's the like roots. That. It's the starting ground. Um, do I soon one day want to see our society branch out and have multiple people of different shades and ethnicities and races coming together? Absolutely. But that's going to take some time. And underrepresented for me means that um, it means to hustle. It means to work. It yeah. means to grind. It means it means to just be me, aware, yeah. always self-aware. Yeah. And I think that's also another thing we didn't get to touch on, but maybe another time we could talk about it. But just being self-aware is so important. Yeah, it's so important. And this is something that was not taught to me as a young kid. Um, it's something I just had. A, it's like a gift yeah. that I was given. Just being able to pick up on energy and you know. I don't know. I just really appreciate anyways, like, uh, this time that we've yeah. had. So that's my definition of underrepresented. Nah, I like that. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> Remarkable. I like that. Um, and King P, Precious. Hey. Um, King P, P, Precious, you know, all the names. <laughs> Two phones. Okay, so. I, I get all the names. What does underrepresented mean to you? Um, Honestly, it reminds me of the underdog mentality. Yeah. Um, oh, that oh. I feel like a lot of people have, <laughs> even myself. I feel like um, being an underdog, you have you get to have so much room to play. Yeah. Like, I get to do whatever it is that I'm thinking or that I want to do. Um, and no one right now is checking for it, which is a lie. Let me not lie to myself like that. Let me not even speak that into existence. Yeah. Um, let me not do that. Um. But I do see it as the underdog mentality because people aren't watching you as close as they're watching others. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it gives you your moment to shine. Uh, Mike Thomas talks, he had a sermon talking about um, the way a bamboo tree grows. Yeah, yeah I like Mike Thomas. Yeah. Bamboo, 
Yeah, the way a bamboo plant grows and how it actually grows under the soil for about two, three years. And then somewhere around the end of the third year going into the fourth year, it shoots up. And that's what I feel like this is. Like a lot of people is underground and you you're under and you're working and you're grinding and you're yeah. working and you're grinding and then that moment when you shoot up yeah it's all eyes on you so i just feel like that's all this is it's like underdog mentality until until you get to where you're going and even then you got another a new destination so. yeah mm-hmm. forever the underdog right yes. that's dope i like that well, yeah, on, on that note, I guess we can end the episode here. We appreciate y'all for coming through. Yes, thank, thank you for blessing you. us. Your presence was great. Of course. You know, we just be doing things. Y'all yeah. <laughs> want to drop context at all as far as our IG handles or sure. emails or platforms? I have, you know, it's so funny. So for this MIA panel, they didn't know who to tag. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my personal is I like King P. Uh, studio is King P Studio. Um, and Art in Many Forms is the Art in Many Forms. And then artinmanyforms.com to see all the whatever episodes, footage, and to know where I'm going next. Because I have keynotes dropping. Because I also have a workshop series dropping and workbooks dropping. Mm-hmm. I'll be working. You uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, For me, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Marion Garnet, M A R Y A N G A R A N E. Um, and also you can find me on, uh, smart, funny and African on Instagram. That's where I'm trying to post more of my personalized funny content. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, also do have my YouTube page that I have up. I have some videos on there, but it's kind of old. It's that's so Marian. And my personal, uh, everyday handle that I use is Marian, M-A-R-Y-A-N underscore Garnet, G-A-R-A-N-E. Feel free to reach out. Um, send me an email as well. Everything will be on my Instagram page or my LinkedIn. But yeah, we appreciate it again. Yes, thank you. As always, check us out on Instagram at under underscore represented. Check us out on all the mainstream platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all that jazz. Leave us that young five star. We appreciate it. If you got an issue, let us know via DM. Uh, any parting words, Calvin? Or don't let us know. Or don't let us know. That part. Yourself. Or don't <laughs> let us know. Let's give us five stars. Yeah. Or keep it pushing. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bet. Well, yeah, until next time. Appreciate it. Peace.